You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. But as far as like having a relationship where you spoke to God or spoke to the Father, like he was sitting, you know, in the chair at the chair next to you, it's I didn't have that unless I was in extreme trouble. I was very comfortable sitting in my own self-pity. My divorce, my post-traumatic stress disorder, and you know, my lost my job. One thing that Dan said was, you got 10 minutes. Feel bad for yourself for 10 minutes and then get over it. And it's not a sobriety thing like, oh, I, can't, I, I have to refrain from drinking. I can't have a drink. I, it's that I don't want it. you ever had that person in your life that every conversation you have with them turns into an argument? That everything you say, no matter how well-meaning it is, is twisted and turned into an offense, is twisted and turned into just baiting you into a, a argument? That was my guest for me. The guest we have on today, BJ Beeler, him and I had it was borderline toxic relationship to where we just could not get along. Everything one of us would say would tick off the other. And that's just, that's how we did it for a couple years. It wasn't super fun, but we did it. We survived it. We had a relationship where we were just kind of surviving. And he has gone through some amazing transformation in his life. And we can actually sit here and we could talk about it. So that's coming up next. It's going to be a good episode. I want to remind you guys, please, 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 please go on to iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review on there. It actually does mean something. It helps out this podcast. If you guys go rate and review this on Apple Podcasts, please do it for me. Also, just whatever platform you listen to, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Stitcher, Apple, Google, YouTube, whichever one, subscribe to that. Subscribe to the Kingdom Bringer podcast on whichever platform you listen to. It really does help more than you know, I promise. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing at Kingdom Bringer, whether it's through the blog or whether it's through this podcast, you can do so by visiting kingdombringer.com, clicking the donate page, and giving at your will. You can do it however you want there. There's a, an option to give on a monthly basis or there's an option to give a one-time gift to Kingdom Bringer Ministries. Thank you. Bless you in advance for that. That's amazing. So here we go. This is my sit-down interview. BJ got to come over to KB Studios. And I'm, I promise you, we had a hard time in the past being in the same room sometimes. <laughs> we had a difficult time having a conversation without ticking off each other. So this is breakthrough. This is a miracle. The Lord is awesome. And this is fruit. Some people that know BJ and, my, and myself will know the, the level of uh, difficulty we had <laughs> with each other often. <laughs> 
God's awesome. God is so good. And you're going to hear an amazing story about real kingdom transformation in the life of a good friend now, BJ Beeler. Enjoy. that K-State would learn how to get some offense going. Um, I struggle with my team being the Denver Broncos right now because their <laughs> offense is, is flailing about like an octopus above land that is right behind a fan boat. Just <laughs> flailing. Everything is just flailing. Flailing, flailing, flailing. I get to talk to BJ Bueller. Let's chat, BJ. Sounds good. Let's chat. How you been doing, man? Things are good. Things are very, very good. Uh, a lot of aspects of my life are just a lot of blessings. Closed on a house on Monday, so we've been moving. Hey. Yeah, moving all week. And uh, we've been trying to attend all of our kids' sports events all week and still do a little bit of work. So it's been a busy, busy week with a lot of late evenings. How old are all of your kids? Um, well, what's the, I had what's the range there. What's the age range? Uh, eight to 16. So you got sports, you got, you guys, are, are you guys four H'ers? We're not. Thank gosh. Because have you ever been, we haven't, um, we dabbled in gymnastics. We dabbled in karate. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we've played piano. We've done music, uh, lots of sports and, but the kids are busy. We did, we did boy scouts for two years. Um, my my boys did uh, did Girl Scouts, but never never got into 4-H. That's okay. I grew up in a 4-H family. It wasn't my thing, but it had to be my thing. Yeah, you know uh, what I mean. Mm-hmm. Small town. 4-H thing. is kind of like a 4-H. It it has so many. Like I've gotten involved with it through the community, and because they're you know when the county fair comes along, they ask for support and sponsorship and. I think it has a lot of good qualities. Um, so I kind of wish my kids would have gotten involved in a little, but, but then at the same time, it's like, if you live in town, it's harder to be 4-H because I know my kids wouldn't want to be like, Hey, look, I made this picture. Maybe they would, but I'd be want to be like, Hey, look at my cow, you know, look at my steer (laughs) that I'm like leading around, not, not walking around with a cow. I grew up on a sheep farm. So I had a, I got to go outside and walk the sheep and all that jive. And that was didn't really match up with who I was too much, but I had to do it. So I would love to see you. I'll bet you would have. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that's a, a season that's over with that you never got to experience. That's good. Man, let's talk a little bit about you and let's talk about you and me. Okay. Perfect. As you sat down in, in KB Studios just now, you with a smile on your face, you said, we should talk about us. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious as to where you want to go with that. Well, but I'll let you go there. All right. Perfect. Um, our past was an interesting past. And I think partly because, uh, there were, a, you were a lot more advanced as far as like your, I was, I was very immature as far as my relationship with God. I always knew there was a God. I always believed in a God, but I wasn't very well educated as far as, as far as, as far as God and and the Bible. And, uh, I didn't really know much about him. I knew that, you know, um, 
not going to dig on anything. I was brought up Catholic. I knew how to say a lot of prayers. I was going to bring it up if you weren't. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think there's a lot of great things about the Catholic religion. Um, there are a lot of beautiful things like the, you know, communion, the Eucharist. That's, that's an amazing thing. Um, but as far as like having a relationship where you spoke to God or spoke to the father, like he was sitting, you know, in the chair at the chair next to you, it's, I didn't have that other, unless I was in extreme trouble and I needed, I needed help, but God help me now, you know, or, you know, I mean, I could, you don't, somebody doesn't sit next to you and you're like, you know, I've never sat next to my dad and be like our father who art in the chair next to me, you know, (laughs) eating breakfast on Sunday, you know, it's, 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 it was never a, like, it was very generic. Maybe it wasn't intimate. And the way you spoke about grace was hard for me to comprehend because I carried so much shame. Um, I carried shame from things I'd done in my past. I carried shame from things that, uh, happened to me, you know, when in the past I carried shame from, you know, I or guilt, I guess, from things that happened in the military. Um, and, and so when someone speaks as freely about grace and forgiveness as you did, I wasn't ready to hear it. And, um, one of the big things was, man, you focused on forgiveness and I was focusing on my sin. You focused on grace and I was focusing on my sin. Everything that I had ever done wrong, that's what I focused on. And you focused on having a better relationship with, with the father and the son and the Holy spirit. And I was focusing on, you know, the fact that I had premarital sex or that, you know, I was abusing alcohol or, you know, one of a hundred things. And, um, another issue, you know, I, I took, and I think some of it was, you know, it was comparison. It was a jealousy almost because you spoke freely about your shortcomings. You know, you spoke freely about, you know, um, you spoke freely about, you know, a struggle with pornography that you had. And I was just like, holy smokes, dude, you just said that. You yeah. just, you know, you just admitted something, you know, you confessed it to your friends and I wasn't ready to do that because number one, um, when I first met you, I don't think I'd gotten divorced yet, but I was still trying to maintain yeah. this image of perfection in, you know, my life and my family and, um, behind closed doors, the picture wasn't anything like that. I mean, it was a, uh, <laughs> it was just rough, man. I mean, my marriage was falling apart. Um, I, uh, I was abusing alcohol. I was suffering from PTSD. That's kind of when it was, uh, you know, at the end of 2013 is kind of when it really started to flare up in my life. Um, and, and, uh, you know, there was just, you were open about, what you felt were shortcomings, but in the same breath, you're like, but I'm forgiven and I can move past that. And I'm like, no, man, I got to dwell on all these yeah. things that are, that are wrong with me. You know, I got to beat myself up, you know, and, and you were moving past that. And there was a jealousy there. And, um, as much as it pains me to say this, you know, I, I learned some things from you, um, from that very first meeting back in like, you know, early 2014, you know, late 2013. Wow. Yeah. I, um, I've grown a lot also since then. And I do think that some of the things that have been highlighted to me from people specifically the BJs of the world or the people that I've interacted with for a few years that 
had issue with me or, or, or whatever, I have learned that I can change my approach to some things too. And I did, I, I think I felt I had actually stepped into that freedom fairly recently at that point, And it just excited the crap out of me. Like I was just pumped and excited and like, everybody can be free. Like seriously, everybody doesn't have to be so sin conscious and they can, they can do this. And not everybody was in that place of one. I don't want to say you didn't want to realize that, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So like everybody I do, while I do believe everybody is and can be there, um, I've learned to be a little more seasoned with my approach to that for sure. Well, I think, you know, if you look back in the last five years, almost six years of, since we've like known each other, um, you can see a tremendous amount of growth with everyone that was in that crew, dude, everyone that was in that group. For sure. Um, and you know, yeah, there were growing pains and, and there were things that we disagreed on or we saw differently, but you know, there's also been growth from that because I think we can all, you know, we, you grew up Christian and I grew up Catholic. And so there's things that we can learn from one another to advance our faith. And there's, you know, um, there's just, there's education that can happen because, you know, religions, uh, they, it's sad, but sometimes they almost bring more division and, you know, we can get, we could go off on that tangent for, for an hour, you know, but I think that in the last six years, there's just been a tremendous amount of growth and, and, and as individuals, I mean, in friendship and, I mean, you, you know, you know, the details of my life over the last six years and it's been a heck, you know, it's been a wild ride, man. Well, let's get into that because I do feel like I believe, you know, there there were things that I needed to work on in this relationship and I needed to not be so whatever I was for sure. But I do think that the biggest change that I've noticed in you, and I've, I've shared this with you about, I totally see transformation and I see a difference from old BJ to, to new BJ. And a lot of it has to do with the alcohol. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that? Yeah, totally. And I think we all, most of us knew that there was a struggle. Most of us knew that, you know, this was something that was probably getting out of hand, but it took you realizing that yeah, to be able to, to make that change. And you just look different, bro. And I feel like it is easier to relate because I'm before I was relating to trying to relate to an alcoholic. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to relate to somebody that you weren't even that person, you know? And now I can actually, I'm seeing BJ for BJ. It's almost like, where was this BJ five years ago? You know? Yeah. He was drinking a lot. Yeah. And while, <laughs> while I've been, while I've grown and I've, I want to continue to grow, I do feel like you weren't even able to grow. No, I because was of the state you were in. Yeah. Talk, um, yeah. Talk about that. Okay. So, uh, I, uh, um, I think where my like abuse of alcohol kind of started was um probably in like oh it never really it was it started to get bad in like 2002 um uh, I was that was my first I was in the army and that was my first deployment and and I think there was there wasn't a whole lot to do when you weren't working and I deployed to Guantanamo Bay Cuba and Guantanamo Bay, you know, right after 9-11 was a little bit different than, you know, some of the other deployments that were going on, you know, in combat in Afghanistan. I mean, we took, we, uh, I was a guard for the detainees and that was right after, like I said, right after 9-11. And so it was, it was intense. It was very, very, you were a what? I was an MP. 
Uh, and so that, that's all the detainees, all the oh, terrorists. The gotcha. Yeah, they went to Cuba. And um, uh, I was a guard. It was very stressful. It was very intense. Uh, you know, it was very hands-on. And so I can't. the only thing, you know, you, you could really do when you weren't working was work out and drink. You're on this small island. I mean, you can go fishing, but... I like to fish, but you get bored after so long, you know, or you, yeah. <laughs> you can't, you know, and, and so you go snorkeling and, but everything was kind of tied to drinking when you were off. And so, but that was a stress reliever too, because, you know, you get that high. And so when I came back at the end of 2002, it just kind of continued and it continued and it continued and, uh, it just, it reached ahead, um, here in the last, you know, we talk about when we met in 2014 and I was, I was drinking a lot because I was self-medicating. Um, I had just got diagnosed with PTSD from the VA. Um, and I wasn't really all in as far as my treatment went for PTSD because they were giving me meds and, and, you know, it was the army and the military or the veterans affairs, them treating PTSD is a relatively new a new thing. And so they were throwing a lot of meds at you and there wasn't, they didn't really, in my opinion, again, and this is not an educated, uh, well, the education that I have is, yeah, yeah, is my experience. And, and so like they were throwing meds at you and some of the meds didn't mix with alcohol that well. And well, you weren't told about that. I mean, um, I I was prescribed Xanax. I took, you know, like four Xanaxes a day and just kept drinking with it. And, I learned a lesson really hard. Um, when I fell, I, uh, I passed out standing up, but I kept drinking. I kept abusing alcohol. I go through a divorce. Um, you know, we had this group that we just spoke about. I isolated myself from that group for a good, probably 12 months. Yeah. Um, and I found a crowd that I could drink with and, you know, but it wasn't the direction I needed to go. And, um, a mutual friend of ours uh, said, hey, you need to come listen to this guy speak at the gathering. And it was Dan Moeller. Yeah. And so I got to listen to Dan Moeller speak, and it was just, <laughs> well, I can back up. Because so my friends were like, hey, come to the, gather- or come to the gathering. It's this church that we started. And so I, I, I would go, but I would drink a six-pack of beer from Cimarron to Dodge yeah. to have the courage to walk in and see some of my closest friends. So I go, I listen to Dan Moeller and I'm, I'm taking notes. I still have those notes on my notes on my phone. And, um, that was, I think, you know, let me talk about that real quick. Yeah. I remember specifically, I hadn't seen you in a long time. I think that that was your first time back for quite a while. Yeah. I hadn't seen you for a long time. You came in red faced as all get out, obviously maybe mentally not really wanting to be there, but your body was there. I don't know how that all works, but it was weird. Cause I knew, I knew I needed to be there. Yeah. It was just, you need to go to, it's this. like something pulled you there for yeah, sure. You yeah. felt pulled there. Maybe it's I remember thing. once uh. when Dan started talking and he talks like a fire hose. I mean, he just spits yeah. out so much information. And if you're interested in keeping notes, you're not going to get all of them. You'll get every other whatever. But I remember you sitting there towards the middle of the back of the room, just, going to town, taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. And I was encouraged by that because I was like, he may not get it right now because he's not in a great state of mind, but he's going to get it 
sometime. So well, yeah, and I cool. read those over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And um, so if you want to talk like the beginning of my individual re- revival, so to speak, yeah. that was it. That was when it started. And and then you know, um, you what's know, some I, of the things that spoke to you? Specifically from from Dan's message from Dan, well, let me look because uh, he's a big identity guy, right? Yeah, and I think one of the big things was I was very comfortable, like sitting in my own self pity yeah. and oh poor me, you know, horrible, horrible, horrible me, and all the the things that have happened and and uh, and everything that had happened, you know, with my life, my divorce, and I yeah. have post traumatic stress disorder. And, yeah. You know, my lost my job and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And one thing that Dan said was, you got 10 minutes. Feel bad for yourself for 10 minutes and then get over it yeah. and move on. And and that was one of the things that resonated with me so much because and that I mean, that's that. And I paraphrase. That's not exactly how he said it, but right. that changed my mindset to where. I would now try to focus on positive thoughts, positive vibes, you know, bad things happen. Um, you know, I could, I could write a book, which we'll get into that. Uh, yep. And, um, and, and about the bad things that have happened in my life. And, but <laughs> when it comes down to it, you know, it makes a good story, but you got to get past it or you're yep. never going to move forward. Yeah. And so, my thing was that I got from that was you have got to just get over it. And, and that's not, a, it's not a, it's not a kingdom thing. It's not a God thing. And I was, you know, I was upset with God because, you know, my marriage fell apart and, and all this, but it wasn't, it wasn't him. It was, I can look back and it was my actions that caused a lot of this. And, um, you know, bad things happen. That being said, uh, I'm in a lot different place than I was then. So what? That's that was a while ago. That yeah. was five, that was five six years, years ago. ago. So you experienced what you call this inner revival, personal revival. That's amazing. That is what what I would consider to take place for sure in the heart of every believer. But you've had some ups and downs since then too, right? Oh yeah. Like I mean you, the the struggle with alcohol. Yeah. It went on for years. Uh, that was 2015. 15 now we're in 2019 um it took until march 2nd of 2019 for me to battle alcohol and me to battle uh substance abuse so to speak um never really thought of alcohol as substance abuse but for me it was uh (laughs) i it evolves and i couldn't be a drunk or i couldn't have an alcohol problem because dude, I was drinking 60, 70, $80 bottles of bourbon and that drunks don't do that. I'm a connoisseur. Yeah. You know, I enjoy the taste of, no, I mean, when you drink that much of it, you're a drunk and you know, and it, it finally came to a head. You know, one night I was driving home, got a flat tire on the side of the road. Uh, I pulled over uh, to change my flat tire and a sheriff's deputy pulled in behind me and um he asked where I was coming from I told him I didn't think I had anything to worry about and lo and behold um I ended up getting a DUI that evening uh 
you know, that being said, it's, it's not a bad thing for me. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, and it's a yeah. money thing. It cost me a couple grand, probably five grand by the time it's all said and done. But I haven't drank for, we were looking at it upstairs. I haven't drank for 224 days. And, yeah. and it's not a sobriety thing like, oh, I can't, I, you know, I, I, I have to refrain from drinking. I can't have a drink. I, it's that I don't want it. It's a deliverance. It's a God Complete thing because I just walked away. I mean, my, my girlfriend bailed me out of jail that night and, um, <laughs> she even got my debit card. Thank God I, there was enough money on there to, to do it. And, and she got me out and I walked out and I sat in her car and it was the most humbling experience of my life. And I sat down and I was just looked at her and I'm like, I'm done. Uh, and wow. since then, um, I've been around it. I've went out with my friends where they drank and, and, um, I just haven't had to. Um, and it's, it's fine for me saying, yeah, I'll take a water. I'll take a tea. You know, I made a joke with a buddy the other day. He's like, Hey, let's go eat dinner and have some drinks. And he goes, wait, you don't drink. And I said, I'll have a virgin bourbon and water. And he's like, a, a virgin bourbon. I'm like, yeah, just a water. <laughs> Talk a little bit about how difficult, how difficult were relationships during that five, six year period that I've known you since this deliverance? Like how hard were relationships well, relationships for you to like maintain and um one thing before with with post traumatic stress disorder and that that contributed to it along with the alcoholism. But post traumatic stress disorder, you in in my case, I kind of wanted to uh remain in chaos so to speak. And so I did things that kept my life in chaos. Um, because that's kind of what, you know, war is chaotic. I, yeah. you know, I deployed in 02, like I said, I deployed to Iraq in 07, 08. Um, and I wanted to remain in that chaos. And, uh, you probably have a sense built up from being in the military of like, I th actually thrive well in chaos. I do. When yeah. You, come you, back you successful. try to, yeah, you go, you, that was the, you know, you look in your life and you're like, okay, this is when I started having problems and go back to where you were the most successful. And, yeah. and, um, cause you were a good soldier, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I think I, I got out of the army because I was tired of deploying. I deployed in 02. I deployed again in 03. I deployed in 07. And I just, it was, it was being gone too much. And that along with, you know, in the end I was in the reserves and the time constraints of, of being in the reserves and trying to have a, a job. And it just, it was too much. And so I, I got out to try to save my marriage and, um, well, and, but yeah, in the same breath, you know, that's when at the end of my marriage, that's when the alcoholism, it was bad, been bad for like the past 12 years, but then it just really got bad. And, yeah. Um, again, I could tell stories all night long of bad things, you know, and, yeah. and, but there's also a lot of good stories in there because, you know, man, um, uh, God has something for me to do yeah. and, uh, he protected me a lot. He protected me, you know, um, I, I know, you know, if, if God's a father and I know he wasn't happy with how I was living and how I was treating you know, something that he created. Uh, but at the same time, he protected me and he protected those around me because I made a lot of bad decisions, you know, driving intoxicated. I read something the other day that said the average person will 
drive like 82 times intoxicated before they get a DUI. And, um, I, 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 it's shameful to admit this, but I don't think that would have touched it. Yeah. And, um, and he protected me driving home a lot of time, you know, and, and, uh, my wife shares the same stories, man. She's like, man, I don't know how so many weekends, I don't know how I got home. Like it, it makes no sense that I would have made it home under yeah. the, the place that I was at. Yeah. And, and so, and, and there's times, you know, not just driving, you know, from 15 miles of rural, you know, highway, there's times, you know, driving in Manhattan and Kansas city and Wichita right. and, uh, Texas, you know, just all over the place. And, and so he, he just protected me and, um, uh, he protected those around me until, you know, I, I firmly believe that, that God gives us a lot of opportunities to go on the path that he wants us to go on. And then when it's not that he runs out of options, it's just, he's laid this out in front of us. And so he's like, okay, you got a chance right here, BJ, BJ, you got another chance right here. BJ, you got a chance right here, BJ, here's a chance. And then finally to wake me up, he graciously gave me a flat tire and then he (laughs) let, you know, this gentleman pull in behind me. And, and that was my wake up call. Man, I just feel like there's a couple different ways that you can always go. Like when you live a life, and I hate to like make it sound like we're so different, but it's, it is a fact that I grew yeah. up in a Christian home and really didn't, never really dabbled in alcohol or drugs. And so I didn't experience some of the things that you did for sure. But there's a couple different ways when you come to that transformation time of looking back. So like now that you're healthy without alcohol, I'm talking about, you can look back on your past without regret, right? And without shame and guilt. How, explain that to me. Is that something that you experienced or was that like a, did that take some time to get to? Well, that was, um, that would have been one thing that, that you helped with was getting rid of that, that shame. And, um, cause you know, I made a lot of bad decisions, but, um, so one, one thing that you have to do when, when, when you get arrested for a DUI <laughs> is you have to complete a substance abuse program. And because I was already working on my PTSD through with therapy through, uh, uh, the veterans affairs through the VA, they let me visit with a substance abuse counselor. When from was the this VA, DUI? March 2nd. Okay. And, uh, so I had to, to go through substance abuse counseling and, um, one thing that my, my counselor said was, he goes, man, he goes, when you're using, and and one thing that struck me that he did was, there's no, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there's no difference between somebody that's, addicted to drugs and somebody that's addicted to alcohol in his vocabulary. Yeah. And so the way he put it to me is, man, he goes, when you're using, he goes, that's not you. That's not the person that you are. And he goes, it's you're you're just someone that your, your goal is, is when, when can I get that next high? And that's the way it was for me. It was, you know, I wanted, when can I get drunk next? You know, um, Fridays, you know, I, I would stare at the clock (laughs) until I was like, all right, here we go. You know? And, um, that's, 
I'm not proud to say that, but yeah. that's the way it was. Yeah. It was like I was looking at a drink and, and you know, I just, I couldn't handle it. It got to where, you know, I, I couldn't handle it and it was starting to control me. And, uh, I, I just, it wasn't, that wasn't who I was. And yeah. so when my counselor was like, that's not you, that's when, uh, that's, that helped a lot to unload a lot of that guilt and shame that I was just carrying from things that, that I had done. And it wasn't like, you know, and, and I, I didn't, I didn't hurt people or commit crimes. I just, I knew, I knew what I was doing wasn't right. And and I think we all know that, you know, we all know in our hearts or our souls that, um, what's right and wrong. And I knew, you know, the, the casual sex and, and the casual encounters and the, the booze, it was just trying to fill something up inside of me and it wasn't right, you know? Um, and I knew that, and that was the guilt and shame that I had to get rid of. One of the cool things that you've talked about to me is, you know, as a father, I'm a father too, and you're a father, is that was one of the best things for you that you noticed how much this affected your kids. And so when you when you were able to, to see, it's one of those things, I don't know, that you probably don't even know if there's a real change until other people recognize it and see it. Explain that as a father when you have your kids and when you notice, man, I'm actually on the right path. Yeah. How did you know that with your kids? You you don't notice. It's kind of like, you know, when, when somebody starts exercising really hard, uh, you can't look in the mirror. If you look in the mirror every day, you don't see a difference. Stay off the scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't see a difference. Um, I didn't know how much my drinking affected my kids until, uh, when I hadn't drank for a hundred days that they got me a cake and it had three candles on it, it had a one zero zero on it. And, you know, I, it was a total surprise to me. And, you know, I, I didn't know how much it affected them. And that really hurt me because I was making a choice that basically blew off my children. And, um, and I've always loved them. I've always, you know, I've always tried to be a good dad. It's just, I didn't think that this affected them like it did. And they've, my, my girls are 16 and the Bailey will be 14 and, uh, next month. And as, as they get older, you know, we're able to have more in depth conversations and, and, you know, when it comes up, they will gladly offer how happy they are that dad doesn't drink anymore because it's just like, you're here, you're really here. Yeah. And, um, and plus <laughs> they, like I was telling you this earlier, I figured I'm saving about 600 bucks a month by not drinking. And they, they enjoy that as well. <laughs> you experience some financial freedom. That's <laughs> awesome. So we've talked about the past. We've talked about the current past. I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about the next level experience that you went to. Um, you experienced kind of a wake up in your spirit. You experienced some transformation in your life. And this, you know, I'm not endorsing next level experience. They're not a sponsor or anything, but we've talked about it the last couple of episodes that I've had. You went, when was that? A couple months ago? Uh, Yeah. 
No, no, it was in September. It was September, okay. Yeah. It was last, last month you went to Next Level Experience in, in Dallas with Michael McIntyre. And you came back. You've already experienced freedom. You've already been experiencing transformation. I guess for you, this was exactly what this event is all about, like next level living. Talk about that event specifically and what happened in your heart that weekend. I don't want to give it away because I think every, you know, I think if, yeah, if you're, a, if you're a Christian that's looking to get to the next level of your life and not just, not just from a business standpoint, but how, you know, how can, how can I really do what God is telling me to do? Um, what next level gave, gave me was, um, the confidence to vocalize what my dream really is. And, or, and, and it, what, it's not even my dream. It's what the dream that God put on my heart, you but know, you I mean, realized that dream that weekend, right? Well, yes. Actually, uh, no. That, well, this has it been on your to, heart for a while. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it 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 in this in this um in this medium maybe it was put on my heart this weekend. But I've had something on my heart to work with veterans for a couple of years now. I firmly <laughs> I believe that that didn't come to fruition because I truly wasn't ready. That's I good. wasn't ready. Yeah to lead or to help anybody. And, and, and I didn't know what it looked like. I knew that I wanted to do something with veterans. That's my dream, but I didn't know how or, um, why. Well, um, I realized, you know, God was, was telling me to do something with veterans and, and it's just too many times we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to really be worthy of God speaking to you know, there's, what is there, like 5 billion people on the earth or something? And I, and I was thinking of this in church this morning um, during worship, and I was thinking about if there's 5 billion people on this earth, and I was thinking about my worthiness, and in the thousands of years that people have been on the earth, or the millions of years or however, whatever you believe. Yeah. Um, God found it significant or me significant enough to create me in December of 1978. That this is my time, that this is when he put BJ on the face of the earth and put BJ through what he's went through so that BJ can help others that have been through trauma. And, and uh, it's not um, something that I I take lightly, but I was I I didn't I didn't think that God would be, would speak to me that clearly, and it, you know, and I always had trouble uh, differentiating between what God was saying and and my thoughts. And a a guy that I was in small group with the other day said, you know, that he believed that our relationship with our family kind of had a relation kind of mirrored our relationship with God. And I found that I was like, Holy smokes. I needed (laughs) to hear that because like, I love my dad. Um, I love him to death. He's been through a lot, a great man, but, um, you know, there were times when I struggled to depend on him and, um, to believe, you know, what he was saying. And, and if, if, 
what this gentleman told me in our my small group last week that those two correlate um that would explain why I struggle with believing what God is telling me. Wow. And and <laughs> for this all to happen um after NLE a couple weeks and God giving me this. Um so God laid it on my heart that uh he's like you need to start an organization for veterans yes. or a group for veterans. And uh the way that that looks now is it's not like I'm not going to be the person actually helping them. You know, I BJ knows how to you know, BJ sells insurance and he was a soldier. Yeah. That's that's what, you know, yeah. that's what BJ knows how to do. He's an insurance salesman with PTSD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the salesman part of me is going to be good because and I'll tell you why. So what what God wants me to do is he wants me to help veterans and and really anybody that struggled with PTSD find help. That's good. Um and one of the biggest things that veterans struggle with when they're trying to find help is getting past the stigma that they're weak. Because, you know, in the army, we were taught, you know, you got to adapt and overcome. You can face any challenge and you can overcome that challenge. You, you can overcome that challenge. And, and I firmly believed that for a long time until I realized that I couldn't overcome it. I can't fix this. And, you know, when you stop drinking and you actually give the medicine that the VA gives you a chance to work, uh, (laughs) some pretty amazing things can happen, you know, and, and life is pretty good. I mean, and so the salesman part of me and the being able to talk, I mean, I can talk to people and I can, you know, almost convince them that, that they can go to go get help and to talk to people. And, and I've got a story, you know, I mean, I've got a traumatic divorce. I've got, you know, I've seen combat in Iraq. I've seen, you know, intensity with detainee operations. I've seen, you know, um, the hardship of, you know, my mother was in a bad car wreck when I was nine months old and she's got a brainstem injury. And, you know, so I, I, I grew up without a mom. My relationship with my stepmom was horrible until I was like 30. Um, you know, my, my dad was in a bad spot in that place because, you know, he was pinned between his wife, you know, my stepmom and me. And, and so I've got all of these things that have happened to me that I can relate to people with that are hurting. And so I think not, I think, but my organization is going to, it's going to help vets go get help. And so since I've been able to vocalize this, I mean, a couple days after NLE, I I run into a guy uh, and we start talking and we have a cup of coffee and he's like, well, and he starts talking about this camera that he just bought. And he's like, uh, I want to do some video on it. And I'm like, well, that's amazing because I I see the way I see myself getting to veterans is through social media and just a video that's shared and saying, you know, if, if you, you know, if you're interested in just talking to somebody, talk to me, you know, 16 in the last, what is it? The last 10 years, every day we've averaged just under 17 suicides by veterans every day. And, you know, there was 120 guys in my unit that went to Iraq and six of them have killed themselves since we've gotten back. And, um, I've struggled with suicide when, you know, when my PTSD and, and my, uh, and my depression and anxiety were really bad. I've struggled with the thoughts and, um, it's a gut wrenching thing, man. I mean, I've, uh, I've been, I've never attempted it, but I have, you know, when it was really bad, uh, there was one instance 
um, where I stuck a pistol in my mouth. And I remember one time I was listening to a church service and a guy was, uh, was talking about suicide. And he said, I wonder how agonizing those last moments were. I think you might have been there. Those last moments were for that individual. And all I could think about was when I did it and how agonizing it was. I was sitting in a car all by myself and it would, would have been dead silence, but it was just, the screams were just unbearable that they hurt so bad. And, um, you know, uh, through the grace of God, uh, God was there and God showed up and it didn't happen. And, um, and he didn't happen so that I can help vets. And oddly enough, one was led my way last week. Um, just, and, and he was struggling and oddly enough, we had deployed to the same places and, uh, I could talk to him about it. And I was like, dude, you just, you got to give it a, you got to go get help. You just got to get a fair shake. And after like an hour conversation, he's like his whole demeanor, his body language had changed. And I could see myself in him four or five years ago, you know, when I had to have this big, bad, tough persona, you know, of who I, who I wanted people to perceive that I was. And that's not who I am at all. You know, I'm, my name is BJ and I am a lover of people. You know, I'm an overcomer. I'm a kingmaker. And so Man, I, I just have a heart for these guys because I've been there and I know the struggle, but I know what it's like on the other side, dude. Yeah, yeah. You may not have the experience of taking your life, but you've had the experience of leading to that point of knowing what it's like. And I think the overcomer word is amazing because that's what I believe God wants to wants to build us all up to be overcomers, so that we actually have some experience behind what we're talking about. You know, that's how you can relate to people. That's I mean, exactly how right. can you decide word people? relate relationships? You yeah. Can't relate. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, how, what do you have to talk to if somebody, if, if, if you've never been through anything and you're trying to counsel someone, how can you relate to them if you've never had a struggle? I mean, I don't know of, you know, you can look at anyone and no matter how successful or how much money they have in the bank or whatever, if you really get down to it in their life, there has been some sort of struggle with something. And, and that is what, you know, you can say it builds character, but that's what builds your, your faith. Because if, if you don't have faith, there's no way that you can really make it through that. I mean, no amount of money can buy, you know, money can buy a lot of stuff, but it, it can't truly help you through that That's through good. those tough times it's it's faith can and and you know people that don't know the lord i mean faith you know it can be a relationship with a friend that gets you through that but that friend is jesus showing up in that so instance good. you know and yeah. so there's there's you know i'll have that discussion with anybody because yeah. god has showed up and he showed up big in my life a lot and the times that i cursed him and yelled at him for not showing up was the times that he was his presence was the biggest yeah that's good so you and I were talking on the phone the other day, and it's kind of what sparked the idea of sitting down and, and recording this, just because I've known you for a while, but I haven't, like I said before, I haven't known you sober. So we can actually have conversations now about some of those hard times, and it actually means, I think it's got something behind it. And we were talking, and in my head I was thinking, dang, that's that'd be a great book. You should write a book. But that was actually a thought that you've already had, right? Well, it was a thought that God, God woke me up. Oh, it's probably been, it was after NLE. He woke me up, I don't know, maybe a week and a half ago. I've got it here. I wrote it down when he woke me up. Yeah. Um, let's scroll up. 
October second. Uh, he told me who to he told me to who have who to have write the foreword in it, and uh, um, and then he said, "There's also going to be an older man that's going to help you write the book, and you'll know when you meet him." Wow! But the book he gave me the title for the book. Wow! Um, it's called Go Forward, Son. Wow! And uh, it um, I right now um. I'm trying to write down a couple hundred words every now and again, but it's just going to be a basic story of my life and how, how God has helped me to overcome those obstacles. And, and I think one thing that I, I want people to understand is that just because, you know, I've been able to be sober and I'll, I'll, I'll hang on. I'll, I'll gladly accept that label of overcomer. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that I've overcame everything. It's good. I mean, I still have my struggles. I mean, you know, I it, thank God that he took away that desire for alcohol. Um, you know, sometimes I still talk like a soldier and, you know, I, sometimes I can get mad, you know, I mean, we were talking, I don't, I think I was talking to shilling at church, but you know, I got, I got an argument with a ref at my son's third and fourth grade football game Saturday. <laughs> and the ref asked me politely to leave. <laughs> you know? Wait, that's the old BJ. What yeah, the heck? Well, I was, I'm still an intense guy, but, <laughs> um, and I'm passionate, but it, it yeah. just, you know, I knew when to shut up because yeah. I'd probably still be there following him around yelling at him that's if good. I was, you know, yeah. but after that, I didn't go drink, yeah. you know, after that, I didn't stop at the quick shop and grab a 12 pack to drive home. You know, I, <laughs> I'm just, I, I got home and I went and lifted a bunch of furniture because I was moving, you yeah. know, and it's just, I don't know. One thing that, you know, we talked about our past. One thing, you know, and it, it was a discussion about sin. And I think everybody got tired because we used to have this text message, you know, this yeah. guy's group text message. And about 60 some people on this yeah, thing, too. It got huge by the end. It was super yeah. cool. But uh, you were like, I don't ever have to sin again. And, and you're like, I'm living where I don't, I never have to sin again. And I'm like, I'm living where I know I'm going to sin again, yeah. you know? And really, I, I don't think it mattered. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, we got in this huge argument and we could say it was a discussion, but really it was, I want to be right. And yeah. I want you to be wrong. That's right. And we, <laughs> looking back, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it's, it's. You know, it doesn't well, look matter. at how the enemy wanted two Christian dudes to focus on sin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look what you guys are talking about. You know, and it's, it's, I, I just want, I want the guys, you know, or the people, not just guys, but you know, if you're struggling with, with any sort of addiction and I think addiction, you know, when we make something an idol above God, that, that that's when that sin just can overtake your life, whether it's, whether it's lust, porn, sex, and those three usually run together. It's good. Um, booze, drugs, money, clothes, whatever, you yeah. know, whatever yeah. that is. Um, when it becomes an addiction, that's when it overcomes our lives, and that's when it can start manipulating your decisions to where you can almost justify what you're doing. And... Um, I just want to give people the, you know, the, the courage to, and I don't know what the, the backing or the, just you're, you, you can get through anything. Yeah. You just have to be vulnerable. You talked about it today. You got to be vulnerable yeah. with 
a certain group of people and you, you got to have people that you can trust that you know that there's not going to be judgment yeah. because when people in a church are scared to say what they're struggling with, that church is worth nothing. It's good. Because if you can't walk up in the front of that church and say, you need to go find a different church. Maybe, maybe the church isn't worth anything, nothing, but it's worth nothing to you. Because if you can't go up in front of that group of people and say what you're struggling with and what you need prayers for, because I used to hate, hate asking for prayer because I felt weak and I hate the attention, you know, and and now I welcome it because why would I not welcome somebody to pray for me if, if I'm suffering from whatever ailment, you know, is being called out, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever. Yeah. And um, when you can find that church and you can find those people to be vulnerable with, embrace it because that person might need somebody to be vulnerable with and you sharing with them might encourage them to share with you. And that is contagious, my friend, because once you realize that you can share with people and not have judgment. It's so good. Satan will run out of the freaking room it's good. because once you can have that power, that is, it's, it's almost indescribable because shame and guilt is what kills us. You know, I, it kills, it kills yep. me. It, and, and, and I still suffer from it. I sit here talking about it to you and I'm getting fired up, yeah. but I still struggle with it because I, you know, I've, I've sitting here and I've told in this podcast, however many, you know, hundreds of thousands of kingdom bringer podcasts, yes. you know, how, however many listeners you have yeah. or how many times you get shared. I told them all openly that I have, a, you know, that I got a DUI yeah. and I've, I've struggled with that, but now I can say that pretty openly yes. because the fruit on the backside is is pretty profound. You know, I still struggle with lust. Um, I'm, you know, I struggle with lust. I struggle with, I struggle with it. And you know, most men, and I'm not even going to go there, but you know, I, I, I'm trying to get past that to where I'm not shameful of that because I don't want it to have that power over me. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It does. And I feel like you're in a position where I'm assuming you've got You've got some people that you can be vulnerable with about that, right? Yeah, because it's not—it's never going to happen by yourself. No, I don't care never... what anybody says. You have the ability to man- manipulate your mind. You have the ability to twist things. You have the ability to justify and go quickly go to justification when it comes to issues that you're dealing with. We need the people that are going to help us overcome this stuff. It's just all there is to it. It's yeah, so you good. need the person that you can talk to about it openly and honestly. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, what is the old saying, you know, if there's a, if, if there's, you walk into the perfect church and, and, uh, you know, once I walk in there, it's not perfect anymore. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, so it's, you, you have to have those people that you can confide in and, and there are a few things stronger than men that can confide in each other and be vulnerable with each That's other. Good. There's power in that. Yep. Yeah. There's a ton of power in it. And you know, there's, there's and and as men, we have to guard that and value that because you and I both know Satan will sneak in yep. and he'll weasel something in and that'll all be destroyed yep. in half a heartbeat. Yep. And, uh, so, you know, we have to guard as men, we have to guard that and, and, uh, 
and guard each other. And you know, I am, I am my brother's keeper. We have that's to good. be able to call our brothers on the carpet. So, yeah, now that's good, man. I, one thing that's really cool and evident in your life is that it is possible to, we already said overcome. It's possible to grow. Like alcohol is not a temptation for you anymore. No, that's, that's, it's not, I, I can be around it. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's a deliverance. I didn't go to any, yeah. any, you know, and I'm not saying don't go to, you know, don't go to rehab. Don't, if right. that's your issue, go to rehab for yeah. me. You know, it was just, God just said, you know, he, he, he touched me or he took that desire out of me. And yeah. so that's a huge blessing. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's in my opinion. And if you knew me before I quit drinking, yes. you never would have guessed it. Yeah. It's that is just as real as God, you know, healing a broken leg or, or, you know, making a blind man see yeah. is taking that desire for alcohol out of an addict's heart and mine. Um, that's, that's as big a miracle as, as it comes. And we're going to be posting some, uh, old video footage of BJ's old days on the Facebook page at KB podcast. So you guys can get an idea. Just kidding. That's not going to happen. All of that, all of that footage has been burnt. No, it's still there. It's, <laughs> some of us have that itched in our mind. The old <laughs> BJ. No, man, this has been so good. I, I want you to know that conversation we had on the phone the other day was just, um, just further evidence of how far you've come. And yes, all glory to God. We, we, Totally. Oh God, that's good. That's understood. We know that, but you're choosing to walk in it. <laughs> you're choosing to obey. You're choosing to follow. And so you get, you get some of the credit for your turnaround. Sorry. No, that's just the way it works. I'll take it. <laughs> and, uh, man, I'm excited for the book. I'm not a reader. I will read that book. Cool. Well, um, at 200 words, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the average book has, but yeah. at 200 words, you know, every several days, the average book has too many pages. I'll just tell well, you that. I should be finished around uh, November 30th, 2078. Perfect. So. Perfect. Now, if anybody's interested in, uh, if you know BJ and you want to sit down and you want to have a conversation and you're struggling with something, I'm going to send people your way, BJ. Perfect. Reach out to BJ, the brand new BJ. He's a really, really good dude. And uh, pump up. Next level experience real quick. They got a couple of events. Going uh, on. Okay. So next level experience, they have an event going on in Canyon, Texas. Uh, the website is NLEbegins.com. Um, they got one in Canyon, Texas in November. I believe it's the second weekend in November. They have one in January in Dallas. It's, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal groundbreaking weekend that will solidify uh, your belief on what God is saying to you. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just, it was so amazing. It was just a great weekend. Yeah. I said something earlier about you. You found out the dream there. I don't think that's true. I think you knew you had the dream. I think you found out that you could actually do something about it. So yeah. There was like I, a spark that kind of gave you some confidence oh, to a, go after the desires of your heart. So, yeah, I mean, God has gave me a name. It's going to be called battle PTSD. Um, wow. the Facebook page is in the works. There's yeah. going to be the YouTube channel. So the video is how I really want to, uh, relay this to people to try to, to try to get them to just make their quality of life better, to just know that they can get through anything. I mean, you can, you, with the help of God, you can get through anything and, yeah. and you just have to, um, you just got to take that first step. You got to go forward, son. Yeah, that's good. No, that's good, man. Yeah, if you guys want to keep 
keep up with that. Follow BJ Beeler on uh, social media platforms. He's on there. He'll be posting stuff soon. I was. It was my intention to have this podcast kind of coincide with that, but I hope you don't mind if we release this now and it kind of promotes promotes that stuff moving forward. Yeah, we'll promote it and then we'll all come back when we get it all set up and you can. That's awesome. We can do all that. That's awesome. Man, I'm proud of you, bro. Thanks, dude. I appreciate who you are. I do. You mind praying us out? You mind praying for those people that are listening to this that we said something earlier that the Lord took your desire for alcohol. Not everybody's in that place, right? Not everybody's in that place where it's leaving them. I I feel like that needs to be our focus right now. We're praying for those folks. Pray us out. Yeah. uh, Father God, we... uh we thank you today. We thank you for friendships. We thank you for brotherhood. We thank you for perseverance. We thank you for always being there. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for loving us through our trials, through our faults, uh, through our bad behaviors. Father, I ask you to be with be with all the brothers and sisters today that are struggling with with whatever whatever their addiction may be: sex, drugs, alcohol, uh, whatever that that thing is that just can take over their mind and can take over their brain and and become that that idol become that thing that they're always chasing after god i ask you to completely wipe that from their mind and just let you be that thing that fills that void that fills that hole that you be the thing that they chase after that you speak to them god that you that you take away the desires for for whatever what whatever alcohol that you that you just be the god of deliverance the god of yeah. the god of healing that just comes in and just wipes away any desires and just and increases the quality of lives and let people live a, a life of of freedom without being chained to addiction yes. father we uh we thank you we thank you for all of our blessings we thank you for everything that you've given us we thank you for we thank you for Darren and uh we thank you for his family. We thank you for the wonderful lunch that his wife prepared for us. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, you are good. Thank you for loving us. In your name, amen. Amen. Bro, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks Love for you, having dude. me. Love you, dude. Awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. If you guys are interested in more content about this, check out kingdombringer.com. For everything else, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. That's it. Until next time, be blessed.